Welcome to Subtitles, where we spike the canon in music and movies. In each episode, we will offer up replacements for each title in the top 100 of a well-known, well-regarded ranking, and we'll walk away with a pair of subtitles, which we think deserve more acclaim and to which attention must be paid. I'm Matt, and I'm replacing the top 100 entries on Spin Magazine's 2015 list of the top 300 albums from 1985 until 2015, starting with number one and working down. And I'm Tim. I'm replacing the entries on the 2007 AFI 100 Years 100 Movies list, starting with number 100 and working up. And once we finished off these lists, we'll do some fun activities with the new replacement list we've collaborated on. But before we can get there, we have to do this. Today's title to be replaced is The College Dropout, Kanye West's 2004 uh, debut album. And I think... pretty pretty consistently considered the second best Kanye album now uh there might be some people out there who put it first um but I think you know I think I've been given the spin list more flack recently than before uh but I think they got this one right I think it's uh definitely my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh and, and very high indeed and then I think uh consensus is the college dropout I, I don't know if it is for me, but I don't like I'm not mad about it at all. Um, I think it's perfectly deserving of being the, the second Kanye album here. Um, I just find myself being a late registration person. But uh, here we are with the debut and I understand it. And I, I did enough hand wringing about Kanye in the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy episode. So go back and listen to episode. I don't know. What was that? Nine or ten? Something like that. I thought it was um, five. Was it even earlier? Something like five or something ridiculous. Yeah. Go back and listen to that very early episode and you can hear all that hand wringing about who Kanye was, who he has become. Um, There has been even. I don't know, more news, I guess, since we recorded that episode, because now he's just going after Pete Davidson for reasons. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) see, there's so much. It's just hard to remember. Um, so Kanye keeps Kanyeing, and more has happened since then, and it's sad, but we did all the hand rigging. So let's just talk about College Dropout, which is fun. It's a fun album, I think. Tim, do you think it's fun? Yeah, I do think it's fun. Um, you know, after listening to it, I went back and uh, listened to All of the Lights again, just because mm. I think that's such an interesting, like, because they just don't sound like each other, and mm. and I don't that mean that as a criticism in the slightest because i think the college dropout is great and i think beautiful dark twisted fantasy is great and and it's not like a i don't know i would say it's not a competition but we're talking about a ranked list uh but it's <laughs> it's just that they just were such different experiences and i really i really found myself more interested in the in as you put it the more maximalist version of kanye as opposed to the the one who must have felt like the freshest breath of air once upon a time Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. 2004, um, which I know is such a funny thing to think about now when you can call Kanye West, a lot of things, but fresh, I don't think is one of them. Um, It just, it was so interesting to hear the difference. And I wished I found myself wishing that there had been something that big on this album that there were a lot of things that I thought were really, really good. Like there were a lot of things that I thought were like really 
exceptional. Um, All Falls Down is still great. Spaceship is still great. Jesus Walks is still great. Um, But it's, I don't know. It's just sort of, sort of interesting that he changed so much in the course of a relatively short amount of time. And I mean that again, just talking about the music and I just found myself surprised that I didn't hear a lot of, of that future. Uh, Like I know it's there a little bit, but I didn't hear a lot of that same kind of inclination that he has on the, on the college dropout. It's not just a remarkable run of albums. As you were saying, it's a remarkable shifting style of albums really from this to probably life of pablo but let's just say it stops at Jesus. um like late registration is you know you can hear it, it's not not of a piece with college dropout but it also is really the middle ground between this and um graduation and then 808s i think i've talked about at least in the other Kanye episode, probably other times too, how influential that thing ended up being. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is its own monster. Jesus is <clears throat> from the future. Um, and I don't, just like hard in ways that, that seems trite now, but like it's hard in ways that other Kanye albums, especially the early ones, aren't. Um, yeah, so this is, I don't know, He he's... He's been producing uh, at this point. Uh, this comes out in 2004. Um, he's already produced some some big hits. Uh, he's been working with Jay-Z. Um, H to the Izzo was a big credit for him. Like He has some other ones in there and big Jay-Z hits and, and, and just big hits in general. Um, so he's kind of a, I don't know, super producer, like super beat maker at this point. Um, and this is not like the literal introduction, but it's kind of the introduction to Kanye the MC. Uh, and Kanye, the full-fledged artist, um, and Kanye, the entity, really. Um, and it's a big success. And I think it's, honestly, this might be the vision of Kanye that we all want to hang on to. And if you're defending him, this is probably the one that you're thinking of. Um, I had this conversation again with someone the other day, actually. It pops up oddly often in my life let's say that like everyone still thinks they have to wrestle with kanye and in this conversation it's just like look the first five albums are fantastic five or six and he's not <laughs> and we just have to square those things that like the music when it was great it was great and it was some of the best and freshest stuff out there um but you know you don't you don't have to hold him up um and I think, right, you can go back into college dropout and there's still some groan worthy stuff. There's still some cringe stuff. There's still some, you know, he, he's always been one that can just step on a stupid line or just something, some groan worthy one liner. Um, and that stuff's present here, but there's nothing odious about it. And there's, you know, like we talked about with Watch the Throne in particular, um, you know, it's 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 the Kanye that was on the hurricane Katrina commercial. Like we're getting that level of social consciousness and engagement. Um, and that's scattered throughout the album. And there's some really good, you know, he has some good, just, I don't know, not profound necessarily. Like it's not stuff you're not hearing anywhere else, but it's just nice to hear it from Kanye. Uh, like he has a, a 
definitive charisma and style already on this album. So to hear it from him, to hear his takes on Chicago in particular, which, you know, if you read retrospectives or just early, um, it, not just reviews, but like early stories, narratives about this album, about Kanye, uh, a lot of it is there wasn't too much of a Chicago hip hop scene, weirdly. Like there were people certainly, but no one was really big. There wasn't the big Chicago rapper. Common is kind of taking off at this point. Um, you know, he certainly has a lot of cred, but he's not a huge success necessarily. And so like Kanye just kind of picks that up and runs with it. Uh, and from there, we see a lot more coming out of there now. Um, but right. So the, like the ways he's just talking about his city too, are, are I don't know, not refreshing necessarily, but fresh certainly um it's just kind of a different vision of things that we're getting a d- different visions of the industry and of the scene um and again he has those very serious reflective moments um and there's also a lot of just silliness and kind of fun and exuberance on here and that's more what i want to talk about today um but i would be remiss if i didn't mention that right there are those moments spaceship is a good example um of you know, being working lower class, um, it, it's a it's an earnest and I don't know, kind of sweet look in a way. At least the Kanye verses uh, at what that's like. Um, Through the wire, I think has some of that on there. We don't care. The opening song does. Um, so Jesus walks, of course, does right. So right, this this sort of consciousness is scattered throughout, and it's the whole time a, a very local, very reflective, and a very intimate. Um, persona that's Kanye not persona I think it's just Kanye at that point but that's that's sort of his mood that that's the that's the mode he's in across the album Um, I'm going to talk a bit more about kind of the production because that fits into the theme more but um, just in general like what what were the standouts for you I think the the thought I kept having as I was listening to this is that it's very interesting to listen to someone who's old in the standards mm. of debut album for like rap hip hop. And, and I was mm-hmm. looking up Jay Z just, just to see. And like, I think he was the same age as Kanye when, uh, when reasonable doubt came out. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just very interesting to me to listen to, to someone who, I mean, it's not like 27 is the oldest person in the world but compared to the people who had set the standard uh in the in the 90s it seems Mm -hmm. like that's that's such a such a relatively sage position to be in especially after having produced and it definitely had the sense the whole way through of this is what i've wanted to do and i'm getting Mm -hmm. the shot to do it so i don't know that it was even a particular song or anything like that because even as someone who has never like made a special point to listen to Kanye. Like this was, this was not like a new album for me. This was one I I knew pretty well going in. Uh, But it was, it was interesting to just sort of listen to it with that, with that perspective and think this really is someone who is trying to be different, who has been in the industry long enough to know that what he's doing is different and is actively trying to take that kind of risk. I just felt like that was, Maybe, maybe for me that was the most compelling part of it, especially right now. It just felt like the most, uh, the most compelling, interesting, engaging element of it, especially when it feels like there's nothing new to say about about the college dropout. 
He's kind of playing with house money on this one. Um, and I think that shows in a good way. Um, I think what you're saying connects well to, I guess, kind of my grand takeaway and what will take us into the theme. Um, I, there's, I don't know. There's just kind of a kid in the candy store vibe to the production on this, to the beat making, at least to the music making. Um, again, he, he, you know, he's shifting between serious assessment and his, his, uh, just kind of inherent silliness. Um, you know, stuff like new workout plan or slow jams are just dumb fun. Um, emphasis on dumb and emphasis on fun. Um, but they're also, I don't know, irresistible in a kind of way. Like as soon as they come on, I have the moment of, oh God, this song. And then I just keep listening. Um, I, it, there's just something about him. And that's kind of true of a lot of the album that, he's going to have been all his tricks here. We're going to see everything just about that. He would pull out in the future to more or less degree. Um, but it just sounds like he's having fun and right. Like you were saying this, he, he gets a shot to do this. Um, and he's going to have as good a time as possible. And he's going to pull out all the tricks he can, all the production techniques, all the samples um, you're going to get, you know, the auto tune in different places that he's going to take to another level in the, in the next few albums for him. Um, you have these just kind of exuberant horns all over the place. We have just really booming, honestly, kind of sugar high production on most of it. Like these are moving songs like they're they're in a not a positive way, but in a happy way, really. Um you know, no matter how serious you might be getting lyrically or any of the guest spots, all of the songs have this kind of, I don't know, party quality to them, not club quality, but like party quality to them. And I think that right extends from what we have happening on the, there's also a bunch of skits on this album. I should warn everybody. Um, I don't know that we've had a big skit album for a while. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That was actually one of the things that got me listening to this because I just like this time around, the skits just felt really funny to me. And maybe I'm wrong for thinking that, but just something about they get the old setup, real fast. <laughs> they do get old real fast. Just like the setup of like Kanye do something for the kids followed almost immediately by Kanye. What the hell was that <laughs> is just Kanye, I feel like what the hell <laughs> is is so perfect somehow like it's a great joke like it's a great joke in 2004 and now it feels like it's what should go on his tombstone no yeah. uh but i just i just was so was so struck by the immediacy of what was that i like them early on when they're that his uh education rants near the end are just not good less <laughs> uh, yeah, less less fun like he has a point at first and then runs it deep into the ground <laughs> um but yeah those early ones are fun right that first one is um well it's just called intro but uh you know as you were saying tim uh could you do a little something something beautiful something that the kids are gonna love when they hear it that's gonna make them start jumping up and down and sharing candy and stuff um <laughs> i mean success i think <laughs> like i'm pretty sure that happened um and yet we still look at it and go Kanye, what the hell was that because you know the first track is we don't care which if you just listen to the instrumental of that 
just the just the beat just the music yeah i want to jump up and down and share candy and stuff um you know but he's digging into you know we get the chorus right away in that song uh we uh we wasn't supposed to make it past 25 jokes on you. We still alive, throw your hands up in the sky and say, we don't care what people say. And to me, and this sort of echoes what you were saying as well. Like that, that's the ethos of the album. Um, we're still here. Uh, we're alive longer than anyone thought we should be. I think, right. This is part of him being relative to pretty much any rapper at that point, except Jay-Z older. Um, right. It's not the, you know, it's not Nas dropping an album at 19 and being the greatest thing ever right away. Um, but right, I'm here. I've made it. I've made a life already. Uh, and no one had expectations for me. So, you know, stuff can still suck. But hey, throw your hands up. We're here. Uh, we'll have as good a time as we can. Um, so there's an honesty across this album. It's not one that's sugarcoating anything except it's beats. But it's also one that's just, you know, like I was saying, like it's kind of house money here. Let's have some fun. You know, let, let's let get the kids jumping up and down and sharing their candy. I'm going to keep returning to that because it's hilarious. Uh, but there's also time to be, you know, seriously reflect, reflective, uh, whether that's the state of his city, whether that's the state of hip hop, whether that's the state of Kanye, um, which, of course, he can never resist, but Through the Wire is probably the best instance of that ever. Um, uh, or even something like Jesus Walks, where stuff that he's been wrestling with on the last three or four terrible albums, he did kind of perfectly in Jesus Walks. Um, so to me, College Dropout is, right, it's, it's a heavy album when it needs to be, but it's also just fun. And it's one that Kanye was already steering where hip hop was going next by virtue of working with Jay-Z alone, in addition to all the other stuff he was doing, right? He's already already kind of the sound of where it's going to go. And he will be a few more times as he like, right. He's going to be the leader. He's going to be the vanguard for the next six, seven, eight years after this one. Uh, And it will just kind of keep following him. And that's true of college dropout as well. You know, he's sort of honed his craft a bit in the background. Now he's here with, again, these booming exuberant productions. There's all kind of bells and whistles, not literally though sometimes, Uh, but it's just, you know, it's not the maximalism. It's not the density of beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy, but there is a, you know, there is kind of a muchness to it. There's a, uh, it's kind of like the late 90s sort of empty party rap thing, but you can hear, I think just the way he produces his low ends, I think this is true, that you can hear in the sound, right? There's a heft underneath it. And I think that's true sonically. And also that's kind of him like, right? He knows the roots of where this all came from. And it's that and something new on top of that. Um, And there's a lot of different ways to look at that either in terms of that lineage, that legacy, just purely sonically, or in terms of Kanye learned how to do pop pretty early. And that shows way up on the college dropout. Um, And that it's an album that was embraced by hip hop heads and pop fans and your mom alike. Right. That speaks to something, something that that man had going on. Um, And you can hear it all on this one. So it's just, it's a fun honestly kind of populist time um 
and you know it's number 59 on the spin list here that seems fair to me um you know i don't think it's one of the you know the greatest albums ever but it is uh, it's just it's a fun one to put on and spin and i think it always will be so anything else you want to say about uh about kanye or the college dropout here no, I think I think we've we've basically covered it. If there's one thing that we haven't like touched on a lot, it is the sort of like religious thing that's going on. Yeah. And you sort of talked about that with Jesus Walks. Um, I just listening to that, it really does feel like like a perfect distillation of what he was, what he's going to continue to go for in this continued sort of like feeling of struggle and feeling of aimlessness mm-hmm. and like, but he shouldn't be aimless, like almost a guilt. It's just. It's very, it's very interesting. And that song is, I don't want to say special to me exactly, but it is the first thing I ever saw him do because he did it at Live Mm. 8, which Mm. of course, young, what, 14 year old me remembers fairly well. (laughs) So that was, that was cool to see him at. That was like the first like real experience I had with him. And that song was the first real experience I had with him. Yeah, Uh, that's the big, I mean, you mentioned the big one. I think that's the was and will continue to be the big one from college dropout um i like a few other songs maybe a bit more but jesus walks is like that's the one um that's probably going to be in his like top five ranking forever um did you have a response to that or were you just now it just sounds like a desil to me but maybe well i was gonna do this before i move on to the theme um i don't know if i have the energy to rank kanye songs (laughs) um all right i'm gonna put myself on the spot here number one beautiful dark twisted fantasy number two late registration number three college dropout number four 808s and heartbreak number five yeezus number six graduation and then i don't care after that <laughs> that all sounds very reasonable to me yeah I, it, you, you know listeners you can decide if you want to give life of pablo an actual mention or group it with i don't care after that but for me it's an i don't care <laughs> so there's my kanye ranking um I don't, I don't know. Maybe people will come yell at me and that would be exciting. I was about to say, drag him, Twitter, drag him. <laughs> drag me, listen, For and drag me. Very, <laughs> very like normal set of Kanye, right? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I'm not doing anything weird. The weirdest thing might be me putting late registration second, but even that, people will just be like, okay. Um, all right, so today's theme I remembered I have to read from this thing now. <laughs> I knew it. That's that's the theme. That's the theme. <laughs> like I remembered it as I was saying it and I was just hoping as I was saying it would fit into whatever the draft was. <laughs> uh kind of but not really. You were you were really close. I thought you had it and then there was a pause and I'm like he forgot. <laughs> yeah, he, he uh he just shut up. <laughs> <clears throat> Wrong page. There we go. All right. So the theme today for the college dropout is make hip hop fun again. So Tim will get to choose which album best suits that theme based on the arguments presented and all chosen albums head to their subtitles replacement list 
Remember, the goal is not to choose the work that's best or most important, but to choose the one that best suits the theme. And where we wrapped up there is really where I'm taking this. Um, there's no, I don't think there's nothing deeper here than what we were saying about, right? It's a fun album. It's fun to listen to. And it's important because Kanye is, again, kind of dragging hip hop in that direction in the mid 2000s, that his sound is going to become the sound really. Um, and that it's one that is just not necessarily topically, uh, but just sonically exuberant. And that's a far cry from from gangster rap, from even a lot of the G-Funk stuff. Um, and from, and this is actually kind of important to the episode, a lot of what's happening in, in underground hip hop, so to speak, which is a very nebulous thing, even more so than most genre terms and considerations. Um, but, you know, you have these image of, of backpack rappers or, uh, you know, honestly, they end up tending to be the nerdier, more middle class rappers um, that are more DIY in spirit and just kind of looking at something different enough that it becomes its own little genre. Um that separated, especially at this moment in 2004, from the mainstream rap, um, which honestly, you can tell the difference between the two just by the production quality and like the muchness of it all. Um, Kanye is breaking both of those things down, like breaking that boundary down and bringing the two together in a really interesting way, especially on College Dropout. Um, but today, the both replacement titles are part of whatever nebulous consideration is underground hip hop. Um, and both of them are actually kind of a peak moment of, uh, of the, the collection, the genre, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they're two of the best examples of what it can do. And they're also crucially two that are making it fun, which I think particularly in sort of the late nineties and the, uh, you, you know, when Puff Daddy takes over everything, right. Fun is empty and the underground stuff, uh, maybe we put Black Star at the front of this, the most deaf and Talib Kweli uh, joint production. They just released their second album uh, a few weeks ago, I think, as of this recording, together. Um, right, that's probably the leader for a while, and it's just not as inherently fun. Uh, but I think both of the options today are maintaining the spirit of whatever that underground thing is and also building in something new, something fun, something just kind of differently celebratory or exuberant or I don't know, just kind of like you can tell they're having fun with it. Sort of like Kanye is with the college dropout. Like they 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 know they're good at their craft and they're experimenting in uh just joyful ways. So our options are going to be uh, Mad Villain's 2004 album Mad Villainy and Dell the Funky Homo Sapiens 2000 album Both Sides of the Brain. Before we'll start with Mad Villain, but before we get that, now that I've mentioned Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, Tim, where do you know Dell the Funky Homo Sapien from? I think it's from his uh, his what's the word for the collaboration? His collaboration. Um, with Adele so that they could be Adele, the funky homo sapien. Yeah. Wouldn't it be? Is funky it also homo sapiens? Yeah, it could be. Is, <laughs> is it, is it gorillas or is he in a movie? I don't know about. 
Uh, no, it's the gorillas thing. He okay. might be in a movie. I was movie. about to say, he, he might be in a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for the uninitiated, um, and honestly, I don't really expect anyone to know Del the Funky Homo Sapien outside of the gorillas, um, but he's the dude who's rapping on Clint Eastwood. So if you transport yourself back to 2001 and that song, that's Del the Funky Homo Sapien. That's how old that song is. Yes, that's how old that song is. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, We'll get back to him in a moment. Let's start with Mad Villain, though, and and Mad Villainy and uh, someone else the listeners should know. Tim, where do you know Mad Villain from? (laughs) Because because I I have heard about one of the several alter egos of Mm -hmm. of this group before. That is (laughs) that's about as far as I can go. That's all the that's all the distance you needed to go. So we did Victor Vaughn, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 episodes ago, maybe not even that many. Um, I don't know. And Victor this is Vaughn, not a numbers podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yet we do rankings. Um, and Victor Vaughn, of course, being one of the aliases of MF Doom and Mad Villain is MF Doom with the producer, beat maker extraordinaire Mad Lib who if Kanye is the well Jay Dilla's in this too he'll be in a future episode as well um if Kanye is like leading the mainstream producer thing at this point um I think he it's safe to say in 2004 which is also when Mad Villainy comes out that Kanye's taken over from Timbaland and the Neptunes um in terms of the mainstream thing, Mad Lib is probably the underground one. Um, and he's not a weird dude necessarily. I don't actually know much about him as a dude, but he's very, he's very willing to be experimental in the productions. And they are very schizophrenic for lack of a better word, perhaps. And that meshes basically perfectly with mf doom and his dense verbose and completely off kilter style so mad villainy is this weird perfect marriage of an odd couple uh two two guys who are leaders in their craft who are insanely good at what they do and they have this just innate and special chemistry where it all kind of works together. And for two dudes who are, again, really off kilter with what we would expect um, from hip hop production and from just flow uh, for two dudes who regularly ignore those boundaries and give us things that just sound off, they mesh together pretty perfectly. Um, It's one of those really cool moments where just two weird things combined to make something that feels right instead of it enhancing. I mean, they enhance their weirdness in some ways, but instead of enhancing the like, uh, the indigestibility of it all, uh, it becomes this, this kind of perfect alchemy. Um, and I set that up to say, right. Mad villainy is, is an album that is going to sound odd and different immediately. In many ways. Part of that, it's 22 tracks and it's about 40 minutes long. So these are very short tracks. And I think that's an important feature. We'll get into that more in a minute. Uh, But you're looking at like, 
I don't know, a minute to two for most things, maybe two minutes, 30 seconds at most. Um, they aren't, there aren't skits built in in the way that Kanye builds them in or that, right. There's not tracks that are labeled like whatever skit. Um, but there are some instrumental things across this, but again, you know, you're looking at a minute, maybe a minute 30 on those and they do, or Madlib rather does that like Wu Tang thing of let's take some, some B movie clip or some B TV clip and like, right. Put that in there and make that a thematic arrangement. Uh, so there's a lot of that too. So, right. There's these interstitials, uh, but they aren't separated out in the way that like the college dropout does, or like a lot of hip hop albums with skits at this moment in time do, um, they become part of the whole thing. And, you know, just moving back to that, I don't kind of the rapid fire of it all again, it's track after track, after track, after track. And they're like, they all flow together. You can hear this thing as one. It, like it, it's, if you just kind of zone out to it, like the whole thing flows on itself. You don't really notice where the gaps are. Um, but I think it just gives both of them the chance to, just indulge all of their impulses, honestly, to just do everything they wanted to do. And I think ingesting what they're up to in these much shorter clips uh, in these in these much shorter songs, I think it helps, really. Uh, I think if, if these were things that were going on for four or five minutes, there's so much density to both of them that that would become a lot. But this is something that allows them to indulge again for lack of a better term they're kind of schizophrenic impulses um it, 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 not just that they're shifting constantly but also like there's so much that they're bringing in as well um it allows them to do that and i think it makes it more manageable and more fun and it just allows you as a listener to hear a lot more um and they can go fully into their bag of tricks right the the first the first track on this is an introduction to uh right mad villain as a thing uh as a as a group as an organization um setting them up uh as a duo and right it begins right away with everybody likes the villain like we all like following the villain they're always more interesting which is true um and whether they're succeeding or failing like it's just more fun everybody actually like secretly wants to be the villain and so let's do that kind of is the conceit um and they're not like taking on truly evil personas the whole way through, but right. You get the return of that theme and it's, you know, I think that starts it off well as a, this is an excuse to just try anything, right? We're throwing all these plans at the wall. We're going to see what sticks and it's going to be fun along the way. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to journey um, with, you know, someone, I think particularly at this moment, like MF doom is still feeling, I talked about this in the episode with Victor Vaughn, like he's still feeling completely trashed by the entire industry. Um, and I don't know that Madlib feels that differently. So, you know, they're positioning themselves as villains, punching up at the, really the villainous mainstream industry. Um, and again, they, like it's just this perfect alchemy of everything, of theme, of people, of production, of of, of rapping, of um, <clears throat> serious and, and silly, which they move between constantly. Like it's just it all blends together perfectly into this 
really probably the apex of underground hip hop. Um, again, this is the same year as college dropout. So I think it really starts. It, it doesn't mean as much after this um, when all of this stuff is coming together. Um, I'm going to go a bit specifically into to a few songs, but anything you want to say about it right now, Tim, or anything stick out? I know this isn't one you've listened to, but. No, but I, I really like the way that it seems like we have two people who are, like you said, sort of on a periphery. And even if you are a big fish on that periphery, I, I think you still understand that it's not the same as being even a medium sized fish wherever Kanye gets to be. So that that to me is pretty compelling. And I just I remember liking your description of uh, the Victor Vaughn album. And, and this seems like it's it's in a very similar place in terms of how cerebral it is, but also just like deeply different because it has another person involved and the structure of it seems so interesting. I yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about it. Yeah, so I want to. The whole thing is madcap energy and just really frantic construction. Again, part of that is just it's all moving so quickly and everything's changing constantly. And Madlib is putting everything and honestly, probably the kitchen sink into this. Um, our first full track hat is led by an accordion. So we're starting off weird and jaunty immediately. And MF Doom is making a metaphor off the accordion immediately. Um, so they're, they're feeling themselves right away. And Doom is, you know, like Kanye, how he, but you can kind of tell the moments, like he sets himself up. It's like, okay, this is going to be a serious self-conscious moment or no, this one's going to be the fun track. Doom, as intricate as his delivery is, his tone is always that kind of, I don't just not totally pulverizing, but just that steadily forward kind of bass tone. Um, like there's always a seriousness and a heft and a deep and a depth to it, no matter what he's talking about. And it can be really off putting, but that's also kind of what makes it fun. Um, so for example, there's, um, again, a lot of songs, but towards the end is strange ways. Um, which you'd be forgiven for not totally realizing it for a while, but it is this really well thought out and constructed anti-war song and the end of doom's verse on that. Um, only once or now, let me start a little bit before this. Um, some will go, uh, some will go off their own free will to die. Others take them with you when they blow sky high. What's the difference? All you get is lost children. While the bosses sit up behind the desks, it costs billions to blast humans in half into calves and arms. Only one side is allowed to have bombs. It's like making a soldier drop his weapon, shooting him and telling him to get to Steppen. Obviously, they came to portion up his fortune. Sounds to me like that old robbery extortion. Uh, Doom's delivery. I mean, you can hear in that how he's just switching up rhyme scheme every other line too. like it's incredible if you just look. I encourage everyone to pull up the lyrics and, and read them while he's rapping because uh, his, his internal rhyming and when he just, you know, tosses that for a few lines and adopts some utterly new rhyme scheme. Uh, like it's just this really cool technical rapping from him. Right. We, you know, we talk about hip hop as poetry. Uh, 
doom stuff is poetry like you can go into that and dig dig into it with all the rhetorical devices and it's maybe not delivered in the same way as like the street poets um but just the construction of his stuff the rhetoric of his stuff is incredible Uh, but i think you can hear it in that that example anyway um but also right that's a deeply serious and just smart message like there's nothing grown worthy about that you know kanye has some point with the education thing but takes it too far doom lets this one sit lets the audience have it confront you with it really um and so it's like he knows that right we need those moments but they know we need to cut that with some silliness too so like the opening of bistro i just always like this because it's one of those things that like it just keeps going and it gets funnier, even though none of it in, like individually is that funny. Uh, so the introduction, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut grand opening of Mad Villain Bistro Bed and Breakfast Bar and Grill Cafe Lounge on the Water. Uh, right, just, which is the our next podcast. <laughs> I was about to say on the water is <laughs> an absolutely one. sensational <laughs> punchline for that. That's that's the magic. That's the, it's just one of those, like I said, like it just keeps adding something and it gets a little bit funnier each time. And then on the water is the, like, that's the punch. <laughs> um, so, right. And I think those songs are not back to back, but they're very close to each other. And again, because they're so short, you're getting this moment of, okay, welcome to our villains layer bistro on the water. And then, no, let's actually consider who the villains are in the warmongers. Um, and Madlib is again, he, you know, he follows doom's tone. They're, they're, they're in lockstep the whole time. Um, but he has kind of an abiding weirdness to him too. And, you know, songs like uh super villain theme, which is really good or all caps, bring the carnival and like schlocky tv weirdness to everything um accordion which is just called that again that's the one led by an accordion um and you know it's something like bistro 2 or figaro like there's a willingness to embrace the silly to embrace the the corny and the carny uh to embrace the uh, the schlocky even um, or the you know just a, not to berate the accordion but just an instrument like that like you're getting a lot more from from here but just you know leading something with that uh, it's the sense of okay we're both very good at what we do and you can't question our hip-hop bona fides and we can make anything into it so they're just having fun with the possibilities here um, and to just drive home uh, doom's um humor a song like fancy cloud start fancy clown um starts off it may feel typical uh it's starting off with you know my girl's cheating on me i'm gonna kill the guy you know it's that kind of setup um and then you figure out that doom is playing his victor vaughn persona through all of that and the person that his girl is cheating on with is mf doom so he's kind of he's like actually embracing his sort of persona schizophrenia here um and it's one of the like it stays in this 
it's it's an ironic song really like it stays in that serious kind of uh offended and violent mode but as you start getting these little reveals these little punchlines that doom is the other guy uh it becomes this really funny thing um so you know whereas kanye is going to kind of set up the fun set up the joke set up the one-liner doom whether it's serious or silly he's just going to deliver it the same way and you have to figure it out um and there's got a there's a fun in that too but just how he embraces that on uh on fancy clown or on um oh on all caps there's you know he's going through his rap and says something about i, I think he's switching between his personas here again but has a line about your mama and then he comes in himself with the with a um interruption and says don't talk about my mama and then continues on so right he's just playing with himself here um or, or he's just you know in conversation with himself really no so, no i liked it better the way you yeah, said it before. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i'll leave everyone with uh not leave everyone i have more to talk about but uh, another the line I'll, I'll end with here um again i think this whole thing is just kind of madcap and that's what makes it so fun. Um, you get to see Mad Lib, you get to see MF Doom. Two outsiders, really, um, made that way and self-fashioning that way, uh, punching up and having fun with it, having fun just showing all the things they can do and honestly how they're better at all of it um, and indulging every impulse they have, making these really short snippets, um, just throwing everything at the wall. Um and as often as they get serious, they have fun with it too. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with this line. Got more lyrics than the church got. Oh, lauds. I like that one. It's, that's pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say it's a lot of lyrics. Um, anything on, on mad villainy too. So I was sort of poking through their list of samples that they're using. And it is, <laughs> It's a lot. Outstandingly eclectic. Uh, there's there's plenty of stuff in here from from the usual suspects, I think. And like you mm-hmm. said, your your extreme B movies. But there's also something from from Space is the Place, which is like an Afrofuturist movie that I've been trying to catch up to. And Tex <laughs> Avery is here and Vincent Price is here. And apparently I'm assuming one of these guys listens to a lot of Brazilian music. And it just it's. I love I love anybody who who just has this omnivorous sense of, oh, yeah, I recall that. What if I did this extremely random thing and, and you know, magically made it work? Yeah, I think a lot of the well, the international flavor, especially is Mad Lib. Um, I think both of them are contributing to this, though. But um, Mad Lib, I think I said this to Kanye, but Mad Lib is really just a kid in a candy store here. Like he's going deep into his stacks and just kind of pulling all the records out of the crate. And it's just, what can I throw in here? Um, like I've been yeah, waiting to use this, somewhere. <laughs> this Brazilian prog rock yeah. band for ages. How can I, how can I do that? Oh, well, I guess I'm just going to throw it here and see how it goes. Isn't there a Zappa sample in there too? Like I I'm, think Frank, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, there's everything in this, um, <laughs> extreme stuff on voice. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, Right. Two, two artists at their peak uh, 
digging deep into all the content, all the tricks, all the all the style that they have and throwing it all together in this um, this really fun album. Um, and again, like, I don't think I can drive that home enough that all three of these are just good listens. They're good hangs. Um, and that's definitely true of Mad Villainy, even though it is probably the most uh, the or the least easily digestible of the three. If you're not used to MF Doom, especially, um, or if you're just not kind of into that, uh, you know, this, this denser, more intricate kind of underground style. Um, but there's a lot there to love. So anything else or moving on to to our funky homo sapien? Yeah, let's get funky. Let's get funky. Oh, wait, hold no. Sorry. Can we do that again? Yeah. Where do you want me to start? Now it's time to get funky. OK. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Del the Funky Homo Sapien and his album Both Sides of the Brain comes out in 2000. So this is our early album. Um, this is not one where I intended them to all be in the same kind of micro era, but it just happened that way. Um, I think it kind of works, though, because it speaks to we really needed a change after gangster rap. And these are three artists that are uh, trying to drag us in that direction. And I think all successful at it. Dell. This is really weird to say. Follow me here. I think he is. Certainly the least. Yeah, this is weird to say all around. Uh, I think he's the least beloved of the three. That's hard with where Kanye went. <laughs> um, I think he is the least famous of the three, which is hard to say because he was on Clint Eastwood. And probably, uh, actually, certainly the least critically praised of the three, though he does get good reviews. Like, right, this is someone that is clearly very talented. Critics know that. Um, and he gets you know, good reviews, good press, but it's not to the level uh, justifiably of MF Doom or Kanye's production in particular. Yeah. Would you like me to contribute my my noob understanding of these three? I feel like yes. that might make your point. <laughs> yes, please. Um, but yes, I definitely know who Kanye West is. And <laughs> I definitely knew even before even before we did the Victor Vaughn thing, I knew who MF Doom was. I had never heard of Mad Lib until today. And I I had heard of Dell the Funky Homo Sapien like at some point in my life. Like when I saw his name on the on the spreadsheet, I'm like, oh yeah, Dell, the funky homo sapien, him. But I could not I could not have told you any of his songs or when he was making music. So mm. I think I think your point about about him being sort of like the least of the three, even if that's a weird statement about him, that seems distinctly possible. Like I obviously can't speak to the quality, but just in terms of, of overall fame, I feel like third is probably right. Yeah. So he's uh he's one who got started really young. I think like 17 when his first album comes out, I wish my brother Earl was here. Um, I think he's about that old. I might be off on that, but uh, this is actually uh, kind of a while after that so like he releases that he's he's doing a lot of uh you know just production and dj work he he gets um well it actually i mean the gorillas album comes out after this one but right he's collaborating with them mm, sort of simultaneously like 
this kind of happens for him suddenly. Like Clint Eastwood is 2001 and I wish my brother Earl was here has a kind of hit, uh, uh, Mr. Abelina. Um, but both sides of the brain, the first time I heard Del the Funky Homo Sapien was on a Tony Hawk soundtrack because one of the songs from this was on that, If You Must. And then I heard Clint Eastwood shortly after that. And then I proceeded to not hear anything from Del the Funky Homo Sapien for a decade. Uh, and then finally like dug into him a little bit. Uh, and e- over the last year or two, even like I've dug into him even more. Um, and so this, this, this is someone I enjoy a lot. Like I, he has just a fun style and delivery and a really distinct voice um, that you can just kind of tell he's having fun the whole time in a way that you can't with doom or that Kanye maybe just sounds uh, I don't know, odd at times. Um, not odd. He's just not a great MC. That's the thing. Uh, but Dell is like, he has the chops and it just sounds like he's having a good time with it. Um, but he's also someone that if you look at his picture, I don't think his body fits his voice. So it is one of those. Um, I always um, love these people. I love yeah, those. those they're people. always fun. Um, so listen to him first and then go check out some pictures. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, he is another underground hip hop, um, not megastar, but like pusher though. Like he's pushing it forward in a lot of ways. Uh, but if mad villain weaponize economy, as we talked about, uh, Dell really savors his lyricism, really savors his ability, his ability to just to just rap um, and really savors his. You know, we I pulled out some of them, but like Doom is talking about his extensive rapping ability, his extensive vocabulary. Uh, so is Dell. Um, in fact, one of the first things we hear from him after actually the first thing we do hear from him, because we hear a chorus first on um, on time is too expensive, the opening track. Uh, and then we get the beginning of the verse. My vast knowledge of rhyme is past college. Uh, blast demolish polish off all enemies and then i want to get to this couplet because it's one of my favorites and speaks to the funny um i can't fall in this rap game i got acrophobia (laughs) tim is giggling that's good that's another strong (laughs) one i think at least as strong as the oh lords (laughs) (laughs) oh lord he coming um I like that line because it's right. It's funny on the surface, uh, but I also think there's a really cool multivalence to that. Like I can't fall. I got, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. So you're just not going high enough. Like, is this a comment on your, you know, relative success to mainstream rap? Um, it, it, you know, is there no edge to fall on? Like, right. It, it could easily be this, I'm just not going to go up there in the first place. So I can't fall either. Um, uh, It's, it's, it's a rich line and I really like that about it. Um, And you'll get a lot of that from Dell Um, stuff that is just outwardly kind of silly and that you can also dig into and really, you you can have that huh moment with it. Um, But he's clearly someone who loves him a, a, um, a, a good thesaurus 
And I'm not saying he doesn't know these words or like what they mean, but it it is an extensive vocabulary across the thing. And it's, you know, I find that fun. Um, it's just new stuff, new words. And clearly he just revels in the opportunity to, to use them to, to make standout lines in that way. Like I think he, uh, I think necrophilia comes up in the line after the acrophobia line. Um, Right. Not that these are weird words, but just like you don't hear them a lot. And it's just fun seeing what he pulls out. Um, but time is too expensive in general. You know, it starts with that. So it is that like, right, that move to, oh, let me talk up myself. Um, and then let me diagnose what's wrong with the scene, with the genre, with with the industry, with the game. Um, right. It's, it's, you know, it's making these moves of you know, I'm great. Here's the other stuff that's wrong. Um, here's the right. It's doing that posturing that we're, that we're used to, frankly. Um, it's doing it with Dell's unique spin. And I think that's important. Um, I, I mean, that is important, uh, but it, right. It's kind of that intro posturing that we're used to. And then we get into, if you must, you, sh- you nodded your head a little when I mentioned this was on Tony Hawk. Do you remember this one at all? No, I don't. It's just something about the, I, I know that maybe this is your lawn form podcast. Your lawn form podcast is about dissecting Tony Hawk soundtracks. Don't, don't tempt me. I want to. Um, God, I would love that. <laughs> well, anyway, while well, I dream listeners, sorry, um, I, I may have just <laughs> may, may have just ended this podcast in favor of Matt's solo career. I may have just garfunkled myself. You, you, you at least lost me for the next 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Want to take a wild guess what this song is about? Um, I have, I honestly have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> I know you don't. I just wanted to see if you came up with anything just, weird. I don't even, I don't think I even know where to start. <laughs> uh, I will, I shall read to you the opening songs. Yeah. The opening songs, the opening lines. Okay. It's important to practice good hygiene, at least if you want to run with my team. I'm about to get into some shit that I've seen. This fool's breath humming so bad it'll melt your ice cream. (laughs) This is a whole song about people who smell bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Go ahead. I was just thinking an insult about melting ice cream. is so creative and so wonderful. <laughs> That's so good. I'm like yeah. kind of in awe of how good an insult that is for a person that your breath is so bad it would melt ice cream. <laughs> like hot breath is already just a like a very evocative phrase, but this just takes it to the next level. That's really special. Uh, just some other choice lines here. Um Cracking on each other and neither were poster boys. Both of them smell like the type that soap avoids. Uh, <laughs> one fool's feet smelled like it struck some matchsticks. Brimstone girls would never bring him home. <laughs> um, what else do we got here? Oh, uh, want a cap, get some courage. Your feet smell lurid. Go look it up. And while you're at it, get a cup and squeeze the sweat out of your sweatshirt and drink it or gargle. You get our vote for most stinkiest. 
there's an award that a fifth grader should win every year if they did. <laughs> it's superlatives. <laughs> there's just in your fifth grade yearbook, <laughs> find out who won most stinkiest. <laughs> uh, one more here. Uh, and wash your motherfucking body for your sweatshirt melt like radioactive. No lady find you attractive. The <laughs> funk got you captive. <laughs> so on a on a more serious note, what I kind of like about this is that the way that he'll like switch the rhyme again. So like brim, mm-hmm. brimstone, brimstone to home and then radioactive to attractive. Like there's just like this this very interesting like pivot that he that he seems to like doing i'm i'm finding that that pretty interesting it's really interesting and it it, uh not counters but it like juxtaposes really well to mf doom who's a big fan of the internal rhymes so like right your midline stuff is gonna line rhyme or it's gonna link up whether that's between two lines or whether that's in one line itself like doom is really good at that um uh dell does like that kind of front and back construction like the beginning of your line and the end of your line will will kind of carry like that'll be your rhyme scheme and kind of carry you through it 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 creates this really interesting momentum to his to his rapping um you know i'm glad you noticed that like to me that's a really fun part of it like this is just a fun style that he has and it makes it a little bit sing-songy and it like not in a not in the way that right all of us can do like all the the affect or the tone that all of us can do to make something sing-songy but like it just makes it so everything fits together very particularly and like kind of just like he guides you along with it again it's this sort of momentum um uh while he's throwing out just absolutely monster disses to someone who is most stinkiest (laughs) um i love this song dearly the and the beat is incredible like it's this honestly it could be this big anthemic hip-hop song and he just made it about dudes who smell bad (laughs) (laughs) and dell i think is doing most of his production across this um and it's not he's his style isn't as kind of bombastic as kanye's and it's not as brazilian prog rocky as mad libs uh, it's a pretty simple setup. Like, honestly, it kind of takes us back to earlier, you know, some earlier hip hop, some boom bap stuff, some uh, just block rock and stuff, really. Like, they're heavy beats, um, but you, you know, you got a drum machine, uh, you got a few different synthesizers. Man is not afraid of a keyboard and can use it to great effect. And, right, that's kind of, it's a pretty relatively simple setup. Um, and he makes some incredible beats out of it, like If You Must. Um, again, this one is great. You'll get some right, some of those synth shots that are made to sound like horns or strings, but you're not getting like an orchestral uh, swoon on any of this. Um, so, and again, it, it kind of returns us to this like late 70s, early 80s mode, mid 80s even, um, that kind of early hip hop. And that also works for, again, his fondness for lyricism and or because a lot of this sounds like he just sort of goes in and starts freestyling and you'll see this come up in some of the reviews as well. And that can either turn people off or really excite them. I find it really cool. He has verses that just go on way longer than you're expecting. Um, But again, because of his momentum, because of his flow, because of his rhyming scheme, like you keep following, they like, he never overstays his welcome, Um, but he just kind of keeps going. You get choruses on some songs 
or you'll just get a quick hook. The choruses can be memorable, like in If You Must, but like they're really not pulling as much weight as his verses, um, which to me is really important, uh, especially for a hip hop song that the chorus doesn't overtake the whole thing because you're interested in the guy rapping or the girl and you're interested in the person and what they're saying, what their delivery is. Um, and right. He's clearly having fun with that. Like that's the part that he does. Um, he may sing the hook on a chorus, but like, right. The verses are his thing and he's having fun with that. And so they just go on. They're very long verses. They can be very long songs too. So, you know, again, mad villain is all economy. This is a 70 minute album. Um, some very long songs here, but Dell fills them up with rhymes. Um, there's no skits on this. There's no just complete filler. Like he's going the whole time. So it's a 70 minutes that feels full, um, which is really refreshing, honestly. Um, but I think, you know, there's kind of the vibe to this as well. You know, I've been mentioning how he kind of takes us back in time a little bit, but you know, there's a sense of like, house party battle rap to this um like it's just a bunch of people in a group in a circle two people go in the middle they're gonna start freestyling at each other all right this starts at the beginning like i said with um um time is too expensive and how he's doing that posturing like he's he's making that move that kind of all these hip-hop albums do we'll get that in other places as well um something like like pet peeves and offspring um have degrees of kind of this corny like like bucking or this corny confidence um like you can tell they're do like he's doing the posturing thing but doing it in a self-aware way so it becomes funny like he's calling out the tropes um that said offspring has uh that's a collaboration with lp who's one of the dudes in run the jewels is probably his claim to fame biggest claim to fame but he's also a major underground hip-hop uh titan really especially in 2000 so those two together was really something um and they're taking a much more serious look in offspring at like kind of defending their position what they do sort of like what mad villain is doing too um the we have this niche and we're really proud of it and we're going to defend it so that one's a bit more serious but then you get something like pet peeves where it's just dell he already burnt all the, uh, the 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 people with bo, but he has other pet peeves as well. So he's just kind of going through that. But it's you know he's just having fun with those those tropes that we expect. Um, and again, a lot of this feels like okay, he's in the middle of the circle. Everyone's hyped up. We're getting these relatively simple beats with you know some flourishes. They're memorable, but minimal uh, minimal flourish, minimal like crate digging. Um, and they feel like they're on a loop, whereas Mad Lib stuff is constantly shifting, constantly changing, whereas Kanye is manipulating his beats endlessly, um, right? Everything fits perfectly well. Everything fits exactly. Everything is is working around who's ever rapping at the time, too. Dell's just kind of loop. They just kind of keep going and they share that sort of momentum that his that his flow does as well. They just kind of carry you through everything. And for songs that get to four, five, six minutes, that's really important. Um, and so it is, again, this kind of sing-songy, but the sort of soothing uh, construction in a way. And, you know, he, again, he's having fun lyrically. Uh, I read some of the stuff 
to Tim, you heard him giggle. I hope you giggled at home. Um, there are a lot more songs like that than just If You Must. Superfine is another one, um, which is like a slant saying of Superfiend. And so it's this uh, meg- like him imagining himself as this mega villain um, who's also addicted to crack. So that's one that is very funny and becomes really serious too. Um, or a song even like Skull, Skull and Crossbones, which is... Uh, about Yale. <laughs> I wish, but it's about drunk driving. Um, um, and it's a really deep, profound song. And, that, and this is the last point I want to make. On both of those, in addition to If You Must, again, that is carried by a very silly conceit for about four minutes. Dell's a really good storyteller. Uh, you know... If, if I'm going to keep pulling out old comps like Slick Rick style, like he can just take something and tell us a story about it and keep us in that journey. And I'm not saying that's in short supply, but in the way that he does it, especially in 2000, it's just fun to kind of have that voice and that persona carrying you through a story and being able to immerse you like that. Um, and so to me, there's just, there is, there's a funkiness, uh, but there's also a silly silliness and, and just a heart and a real indebtedness to the craft itself that makes this fun. Uh, and that really pulls kind of the underground manifesto out of its own pretentiousness, uh, into something that can be enjoyable for even 70 minutes. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, both sides of the brain. Any thoughts? No, I think I think I'm just sort of thinking about what I'm going to do here, because I felt very sure after the first one that I was going to pick that. And now I'm way less sure. So maybe maybe just a a spiel and we will figure it out from there. (laughs) All right, let's do a try and keep the short uh, spiel. Number 59 on our spin list is Kanye West's debut college dropout. from 2004 still a fun album to listen to uh right one where you can just tell that kanye is actually enjoying himself you know this is something that he's wanted to do and that he can do now and that he can just right it's for him it's not for anyone else he can do whatever he wants and that kind of the joy of that seeps through even when he's having more self-conscious moments uh, or, or, or socially conscious moments, uh, it's just the exuberance of his production seeps through and it becomes the sound of hip hop going forward for at least a few years. Uh, and it becomes Kanye for at least a few years. And it just it still sticks to the college dropout in really cool ways. Um, so he was moving hip hop, mainstream hip hop into a, a more fun direction. Um, and so that that is our theme, make hip hop fun again. Our first option is Mad Villains 2004, also album Mad Villainy, uh, collaboration of Mad Lib and MF Doom, two two guys who have been wronged by the hip hop industry in in various ways, and who are fat, who are and who are also fashioning themselves as those outsiders, um, coming together for this perfect and sort of ethereal alchemy. Um, and one where two guys who are just masters of their craft, Mad Lib of his production and of just the sheer amount that he can pull from, uh, the sheer amount that he can stuff together, and MF Doom and his and his rapping itself, and his lyricism, and his in his um, 
acuity with, with, with language and with rhyming. Uh, and they fit each other perfectly. And they, they give us these very short, um, you know, punk, punk song length, really, um, songs where they can just indulge any impulse that they have and, and throw in as much as possible. And A, just show off that, hey, they're masters of this. And B, right, this is what's fun for them. Like, this is them being able to just uh, embody and and relax into and just share their craft and have fun with that. And MF Doom, as someone who always sounds serious, um, but who can have some incredibly funny one-liners and Mad Lib as someone who can give us the jazziest, proggiest, or most soulful thing, and who can also make something sound like a, a B-movie or like carnival entrance music at the same time, or like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon at the same time. Um, so two guys who can just balance that so very well and come together and, and uh, amplify each other on this. And second option is Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, Both Sides of the Brain, his 2000 album. Um, someone who also is coming out of this this underground scene, which is very self-serious and very pretentious at times. And uh, I think that's the best way to describe this one, that it's Dell taking that, um, taking that posture, taking that in that important social consciousness and just showing that, hey, guys, we can also have fun with this. Um, and for him, that's kind of a return to. All right, well, let's look back to, you know, 70s and 80s freestyle rapping let's build in those relatively simple um but also moving right like the, those uh, block rocking beats uh let's just loop them let's carry that momentum and let me just you know dig into my source and just make fun rhymes make fun stories let me tell you stories whether that's about guys with bo whether that's about uh you know, the very real and very vivid dangers of drunk driving, whether that's someone who imagines himself as a super fiend, but is also addicted to crack and it's funny and sad at the same time. Like, right. He's able to pull all these emotions and just make the craft itself lighthearted when he wants to serious when he wants to, but fun the whole time. Um, and who just gives us a bunch of stuff too. Again, this is a long album, but it's Dell just rapping the whole time so he's having a good time and he's like mad villain uh right this is what he's good at and he's going to show that off to us so tim i I leave it to you mad villain or dell the funky homo sapien i just i just keep thinking about what an incredible premise the idea of a super villain addicted to crack cocaine is (laughs) And that's not why I'm choosing both sides <laughs> of the brain. But the I think what it represents is why, because there really is something that sounds just very lighthearted and and um, sort of unafraid about about this album, just sort of unafraid to do something that seems utterly ridiculous. And as much as I like the idea of what is going on in the in the mad villain album. Um, I mean, when I looked at the at the list of songs and saw featuring Victor Vaughn, like I like did the thing <laughs> that you see confused dogs do in on the Internet that just sort of like head tilt and huh? 
because <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that was a thing they frequently credited, but <laughs> like that that album just seems like a lot of fun. But there's something about the the total lack of fear in the silliness of uh, an artist who by golly is named Dell the funky homo sapien <laughs> that I just, I just kind of admire it. And I admire so many of the, the lyrics where the first instinct is to say that's so dumb. And then of course, what I mean is not that's so dumb, but that's like borderline brilliant because it makes me shake my head and go, oh man, like <laughs> that's, there's just there's just such a, a wonderful feeling of music being able to make you laugh like that. And I just I just get the sense that both sides of the brain has a little bit more of that. So I'm going to I'm going to go there. I will read to you some of Super Fiend, um, and hopefully this makes you feel good in your choice. I think it will. Um so a couple of the funnier lines. Uh, he got his Garfield and Odie beach towel for a cape and a safety pin he used to clean the screen. Uh, and then it goes on from there to talk about how he's uh, a vigilante and basically been kicked out of various places. So it's very quick. <laughs> like this man is just hilarious looking and there's a deep sadness to why. Um, and another moment, uh, he can't really fly, but he uses a harness to leap tall buildings in his undergarments. His teeth are tarnished. He was banished from Berkeley. Now he's up in North Oak in Oakland looking really perky. Never think he's jerky, but he really is. Um, you feel there's good about so much. Decision? There's so much there. <laughs> there's so much there. I don't know. Like, I think the funniest thing that I've heard today is definitely on the water. But, but this is this is really this is this is pretty close. the The imagery there is just absolutely outstanding. So, like I said, I really like Del the Funky Homo Sapien, and it is largely just because dude is fun. Like I don't mean the theme to be tautological by saying that, but just dude is fun. Um, and he's just really good too. Uh, there's a ton of style, a ton of charisma to him and to his voice and his delivery. Um, and both sides of the brain. Again, it's a long album may not be for all of you in one sitting, but there's just, there's a ton of goodness there. Um, and there's right. Super is a great example. It's just this abiding weirdness. Um, but to say serious things too. Um, and I just think Dell's really good at that. No Love Lost for Mad Villainy, though, which is an album that I'm amazed I even got to use as a subtitle. Yeah, uh, I'd I'm actually sh- heard of that one. So I was yeah. like, this is apparently it's uh, it is an honestly beloved one. This is like Lauren Hill level of how is this available to me to use? Um, so that is not in the top 100 was was shocking to me. Um, it's close. It's 123. Yeah. So I, closer than Lauren Hill was, as I recall, but still, yeah, I'm still pretty surprising. Sh- I'm I'm still shocked it's not in the top 100. So it, it is. Honestly, I'd have put it in the top 100. So it's a great album. Um, surprised I got to use it, but glad I got to talk about it at least. Um, so no, no love lost at all for that one. But I'm I'm happy to see Dell go through this. This is uh, just one I have a, a fondness for. So. 
Anything else you want to say about these, Tim? Now I'm just going to go melt some ice cream. <laughs> Good for you. Um, and if I haven't said it enough on previous episodes, you know, if music is enjoyable, like if you're having fun with it, don't worry about what other people are saying about it, what the critical response is like the fun matters. And that's true for all three of these. And I hope that comes out of this, if nothing else. So number 59 on the spin list was college dropout Kanye's 2004 debut. Um, a fun and spunky and exuberant album, even all these years later. And to the theme of make hip hop fun again, I gave Tim the choice between Mad Villains, Mad Villainy, and Del the Funky Homo Sapiens, Both Sides of the Brain. And Tim has picked Both Sides of the Brain to go through to the subtitles albums list. I'm very excited that we get to just see the name Del the Funky Homo Sapien on that. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, If you want to see more about us, about who we are, what we do, the origins of this madness... Uh, If you want to check out our blogs and what we write about, if you want to see playlists that I'm making or reviews that Tim is doing, uh, please go to our website where you can also check out all of the back episodes of this podcast. I have referenced several of them in this episode, so uh, you can, you know, hyperlink yourself while you're there. Uh, Please go to our website, subtitlespodcast.com for all of that. And please also stay tuned for part two of this episode where if I've just kind of talked about a moment in hip hop history that was uh, dealing with and reinterpreting the previous three decades of his existence, Tim will be talking about movies that are three decade period pieces 